us pray. Oh God, our Father, we bless you. We glorify your name. We pray at this time that you may speak to our souls, that you will prepare our heart that we may listen. Convict us. Be with us. Help us to listen. Lead us. This is our prayer. In the name of your only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> so, it's always an honor to come and preach. And thank you for having me. I recently moved about a few months ago, about three months ago to be exact. And my new place, it's uh, a very nice place. I really like it. It's a quiet place, clean. And uh, my landlord and uh, the people that I live with, um, they're nice people. I could relax. And when I went to the doctor, actually about a couple of weeks ago, they did some tests on me. Uh, for about a year, I've been struggling with low white blood cells, or neutrophil, neutropenia, that's what they call it. My health actually improved, and I think it has a lot to do with my surrounding, where I'm living. But like everything else that we have in our world, there's nothing that's perfect. My house, however, is close to perfection. In my own book, if you ever come to the place I live now, if you come, you, if you ever turn on the TV, it will probably be on Fox News channel. You know, and that's just the rhythm of, of the place where I live. And I can't help to notice some of the things that have been going on within the past few weeks by default. So one of the things that have been coming on on that channel is coverage about impeachment for the past few weeks. This message is not going to be about politics, but it's just to make a point. <laughs> and I'm serious. You know, so, and this past week, I ran into a place where I saw CNN also, the coverage of the same story, but totally different messages. So they are so far apart, and it will be impossible, impossible to discern what is really accurate. The only thing that you can tell is that there's this inquiry or whatever that's going on, but the actual what is going on with, those, with that story, you can't tell. So the heart of today's message from our reading, if I entitle it, I will entitle it, I'll say, a Christian life must be faithful to the word of God and formed through repentance. A Christian life must be faithful to the word of God and formed through repentance. Well, the national media, you know, as I cited earlier, Fox News, CNN, they may have their own agenda or things that they may put out. 
But as people of God, we are called to move by, by our devotion to him alone, not what is projected to us through national media. Christian must be faithful to the word of God. St. Paul acknowledged that in his writing. He knows that he won't be around for long. He knows that his time has come. He writes, the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is how chapter 4 of the reading we read today, 2 Timothy chapter 4. That's one of the things that Apostle Paul said. He knew that he was going to die soon. He was, this was going to be his last letter to Timothy, his son in the faith. I want to invite you to an exercise with me. Imagine someone you really love, someone you love, maybe family members, someone in the congregation, someone that's close to you, maybe a friend. Imagine what you will write to that person if you will have no other way of communicating with them. You have that last opportunity to communicate something to them. What would you write? Why would you write it? No social media anymore. No cell phone. No email. No way to communicate. I'm sure he will be something that's very important, I hope. And this is the way to look, to read, and to think through 2 Timothy. And the Apostle Paul writes. I think whatever that he decides to write must be very important. He writes to, um, to Timothy to explore some of the things that he wrote to his mentee in chapter 1. He encouraged Timothy, say, fanning to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. He encouraged Timothy not to be timid, but to have confidence in the spirit of God, the gift that God has given him. And I encourage you today also that all of us, each and every one of us, we all have gifts to play a role in the work that God is doing here. When I read that, it brings the picture of baptism to me. The picture of baptism, we see this outward expression of baptism, the water being poured or somebody dunk into the water. But then we only see that, but the what is really going on, we see the spiritual reality of something that's going on. The sponsors of the candidate will come. And the sponsor, they will give some vow or godparents. If the candidates are holding up, they have vows that they go by. Now, this reminds me when he's saying, fan into, into flame the gift of God. When we are entering into that Christian journey, there's this gift of God that's with us. 
What is our vows into Christianity? Look into it and to live to that. Confirmation is another one. He told him, he said, which is in you through the laying of my hands? The bishop will come lay hands on people. The imparted, the imparted, he imparted that gift, and we are to live into that gift, into that reality that is not seen, but active. If you haven't been baptized or confirmed, it's okay. Let us know, and then we can make something happen with that. We can teach you of the Christian faith and what the journey means. We'll prepare you for that. Chapter 2, he told him, he said, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, the word of truth we have. And going on to chapter 3, tells him, he said, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God, people of God, may be complete, equipped for every good work. National media, as I mentioned earlier, might not be trustworthy, but the Bible is always trustworthy to Christians as received by the church Catholic, by the one united church, how the scripture received. My landlord is an 85 years old man where I live. Probably the most active 85 year old man that I've ever met, actually, yes. He's active, this man will go out every day of the week. He will walk about three miles come home and do some sit-ups. And yeah, this man is something else. I, I love Lou. And he's quiet. He's a loving guy, cool guy. Last week, actually, I was outside the house looking through the word of God and trying to prepare sermon. And Lou came. He had this plastic. And he came to the pool. He got water with it. And when he got the water, he poured it out and he said, good. And I told him, I said, what were you doing? Lou told me, he said, well, I was checking it. So what that, what that plastic does is help you to check the concentration of water to the chemical to, feed, to see if it's balanced or not. So maybe to add more chemical or maybe to add more water or so. Like him, the Bible is the barometer of the sermon for Christians. In our midst, we have theologians, we have philosophers, we have psychologists, we have medical profession, we have retail profession, we have all this, <laughs> you know, so we have very a wealth of knowledge in our midst. This knowledge are very important. They influence the way we make decisions. At the end of the day, for Christians, they can't have all this knowledge to be the bottom line decision for Christians to make decisions. But now we have to discern that through the lens of the scripture. And now going on to chapter 4, 
He writes, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. He told Timothy, he said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuild, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. Dick and Steve mentioned last week about how Christians throughout generations will say, wow, this feels like our time, that people aren't listening to People find teachers to accommodate what is comfortable to them, the comfort. And he acknowledged, he said, our day is like that. We share in that. And these are the things that the apostle writes now leading to today's reading. Starting from verse 16 of today's reading, it said, At my first defense, I'm going to write, At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me, deserted me. May he not be charged against them, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. The fact that we are here today is that we share in that message. We, his faithfulness, help us to actually hear that message. When Apostle Paul, when he proclaimed his message, he says here, he said, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me. They deserted him. And when we are faithful, to leave the faith as entrusted to us, we will also face that sort of adversity. Depending on our context, it may look different. For some who may come from household where Christ is not believed, they will face different adversity. For us, what does that look like in our life? But he said, but the Lord stood by me. When we allow the word of God to direct our life, the incongruencies with the world around us will stand out more and more. Paul faced opposition. Christians are called to look to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus acknowledged this fact and he said to his disciples while he was still with them. He said a disciple is not above his master, is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house, Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? When we live into the convictions of the word of God, 
We hard to expect that. Jesus warned the disciples of persecution that will come. We should expect as disciples that the message we have been given may not be easily received wherever our context may be. We are reminded of this through the post-communion prayer. When we say, and now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. How are we to respond whenever we may face opposition, whenever we face rejection? Because if we're taking this word out, many of us, yeah, we have connection probably with Biola, and some of us not. In our context, how are we taking out the word of God? And how is it received? When it's rejected, our response is not to be of despair. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, we have, that we have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. When we go out, when we leave this place, we have to go out there and speak with truth, power to speak truth and expose the work of the devil. At the same time, to live, to love, love God and all the people that God has placed in our midst. Self-control, a need of balance for the truth and love. Not to go too much with the truth without the love, neither with too much love without the truth. We are to go out in balance, to speak truth to where is needed, and love to where is needed, and to continue to watch that. To use that barometer we were talking about earlier, you know, where are we? Christians must be formed through repentance. We must embrace humility as the way of life. I mean, the foundation of Christianity, of Christian theology, is that we aren't good enough but in need of the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to embrace this truth and cling to the cross. We are reminded of that fact every time we partake in the Eucharist. The prayer of humble access come to mind. When we come before the table, when we say those words, what comes to mind? We do not presume to come to this your table mercifully, trusting in our righteousness. What is the reflection? Has it become something we just say, or is it something we pray? So when we pray tonight and every time we pray, let us reflect on it and make it to be the way of life for all of us. Our first lesson tonight, the prophet Joel writes to the people of Israel. 
the lesson today focused on the blessing that come, but what preceded the prelude to it is the call to repentance. The prophet writes, the Lord speak, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, spare your people, O Lord, to always look into God for his mercy. And then, verse 18 of that chapter, then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people and proclaimed some promise. And this is where our lesson goes today. Talk about physical blessing that God claimed to these people. And restoration of things that have been lost. And then he went on for about the outpouring of the Spirit. St. Peter from Acts chapter 2. He explained it when the event happened. On the day of Pentecost, he tells them, he explained it as the fulfillment of the prophet Joel's prophecy. And he called them to repentance. This is a response when the, when the event of Pentecost happened. The people that were there, after Peter speaking through it, explaining what was happening, they asked, now when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our Lord Jesus, he taught humility as the way of life. From our gospel reading, Jesus tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. He said this to some who trusted that they were righteous in their own and treat others with contempt. The picture he gives, the Pharisee, he went into the temple Standing, he listed the things he believed about himself, how he is more valuable than others, his spiritual discipline, how he fasts twice a week, how tithing, how he did all these things. And the tax collector, he stands far off, wouldn't even dare to look up to heaven but beat his heart. He beat his breast and his speech. Be merciful to me, a sinner. This is a posture, the posture of how to live this Christian life that we have been called to. God is not looking for perfect people. 
if he's looking for people that depend on him, Jesus said, the man is righteous. The tax, uh, the tax collector. We ought to search our heart and see where we stand. Search your heart. How do I approach God? Do I approach him with humility? Or has it become a casual thing that I do? Do I come even to this service, just casually? Or how? Am I reflecting on what is taking, taking place here? When we come to the table, let us reflect. What has God called us to? How can we participate in the work that he's called us to? In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.